Welcome back to your favorite podcast, the Golden Crown Podcast, where each week we bring you a little razzle-dazzle of Hallmark movie magic. You have your hosts for season three. You have myself, Sally, as well as Tracy. So, of course, we are still missing our lovely Colleen, but so happy she is taking the time for herself. Um, I had neglected to mention last week that the podcast was dedicated to none other than Mom because it was her birthday that Thursday. It wasn't. Yeah, it was a hectic week. We loved every minute of it, but quite hectic. Um, And that might have been why I forgot. But this episode, of course, is dedicated to Easter because um, this upcoming Sunday when this podcast should be posted is actually going to be Easter Day. So you'll see the change in the podcast cover art reflect accordingly. But um, let's go ahead and get started with our segments. So for our first segment, we have Tracy's Tips and Tricks. And this week, we'll be talking a little bit about Easter. Yes. So something to say on a, a tip, an idea, a like. A favorite memory. Sally, did you want to start us off? Yeah, so I think my favorite Easter memory is one year. I'll, I'll pull up a picture. I'll put it in the Instagram. But Nick and I decided to dye Easter eggs, which we did on and off throughout childhood. Yes. But it had been a few years since yeah. I had done it. And we decided to paint them like Pokemon characters and I just thought it was so fun. It was such a good memory. And I look back on those pictures now and remember that, like, really fun Easter. I don't know. That was a good one. Oh, I think for Easter, I just always enjoy, even though, obviously, I was grown up. <laughs> I still enjoy kind of having that Easter basket or Easter box of goodies or something right. like that to kind of share and just make it fun. Yeah. Um, a very uh, uplifting day as it is. So, and then just enjoying a really great meal together. Yeah. That's perfect. All right, well, this transitions us over to Sally Smooches and Sabotage. So we are continuing in our Spring Into Love Hallmark original movies vein. And this week we watched the second movie of this series, and it's called Just One Kiss. Mm -hmm. Our leading lady, Mia, is played by Krista Rodriguez. And our leading man, Anthony, or as he prefers to go by Tony, we learn, um, is Santino Fontana. So those are our two characters. And of course, this is kind of our segment where we're going to break down all our key hallmark elements. We'll talk about fashion, setting, makeup, all the betrayals, which we call sabotages this time around. And the smooches. And the smooches, of course, but we'll just get started with a very basic overview of our plot. So... Um, Mia is a professor in romantic classic literature, and Anthony is a lounge he's singer, a right? Lounge yeah, he's a lounge singer. singer. Yeah, basically, yeah. So, you know, very different professions, but both sharing a love for the classics, because he, too, kind of sticks to the classics when he is performing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they actually happen to meet in a movie theater. Our guy, Maddie fantastic. Finocchio. I know we've given him props before, but I always forget his name. So Maddie Finocchio, our man, love him to death. He invites Mia out to a movie after she has to go through some divorce proceedings with her now ex-husband, um, Casey, mm-hmm. uh, to kind of lift her spirits back up. It's like right. a black and white movie kind of thing. Classic you know, the movie. Yeah, yeah. Yep. 
And um, she's commenting on how, you know, if only love was that simple, that we just fell in love on the first kiss. Very bitter comments. And at the time, Tony was with his girlfriend, and he's, you know, complaining about how she's talking in the theater. And really Counting the number of times she's mm-hmm. interrupting. Exactly. Talking. Exactly. Lifting his fingers, making it obnoxious. Right. It, yes. Very, very obnoxious. So the two actually. of them are really, really ratcheting the obnoxiousness. Yes. Head to head in the movie yes. theater. And who um, else is in the theater, Sally? Yes, we have both of their moms in the theater. So Mia's mom and Tony's mom. Um, and they are talking about, you know, their respective children and saying all the qualities that they love about them because mm-hmm. what else is a mom to do? Exactly. And they're realizing, you know what, they're both kind of, you know, not in a relationship that's good for them on Tony's end. And obviously Mia's just coming out of a very unhealthy relationship. Right. So they're like, I think that they would be perfect for one another so they have determined that they're going to set them up yes (laughs) we get some very funny early on scenes that again like hallmark i really love the plots that you're trying to take on but sometimes i feel like it's a little much because i don't know about your experience mom but in the beginning of the movie i found it very jarring to keep track of everything that was happening yeah i felt like a lot crammed into the first 20 minutes or so right from there on i found the pacing to be okay i could follow along i could understand but those first 20 minutes wow i was like what is happening here right um a lot of yeah um so we see the moms release a black cat because tony's very superstitious the whole family yeah due to his grandma she kind of sparked this and this of course leads him to accidentally run into mia who's jogging before going it's not accidental well yeah because it's, it's the one mom lets a black cat go. Right. So he's in focused the on path, the path. Of course, he cannot come across the path of a black yeah. cat after he's already vi- avoided the ladder. Yes. And he bumps into Mia. So we just keep getting these instances where they're coming across each other. And then finally, the mom, you know, shoves a piece of paper under Mia's door that says that there is an apartment going for rent in Brooklyn. Um, that was quite a bit of money per month. What was it again? I think it was like $27.50 a month. Yeah, $27.50 a month. But I guess it is New York, so I got to calm down. Um, (laughs) Brooklyn, New York. So, um, she decides to check out this apartment and she settles on it. Number one, because she is done with Casey. We come to learn that the reason she has split up with Casey is that he, um, was quite fond of the drink. And even in patches where he claimed to her that he was sober, he was not. And he ended up losing his job because of it. Because he lost his job, they could no longer afford their rent. They lost their apartment, their home that they had built with their daughter. Yes, she does have a daughter. Little Rosie. Exactly. So just a very kind of heartbreaking situation to hear about. And so I think for her, Brooklyn was kind of a new beginning. Uh, Okay, let's make my own life instead of living in these shadows of the past. So who lives in that same apartment building? Tony Sally? is the next door neighbor. So we get to see the mom's oh influence once again. Okay, we're drawing them together. Yes. Um, yeah, it, it is like it's pretty humorous, but like I said, a little bit clunky in the beginning. Yeah. But then we really get into the smoothness of the movie. Right. So we have Tony and Mia. Um, I think we're just gonna touch on their chemistry because I feel like already from the okay. start. The trope, of course, is hate to love. In the beginning, they were very much in conflict with one another. Yes. Because um, Mia is very... Tony wants to be smooth and... Charming. Charming, and he wants to... 
he finds her attractive. You can tell that. he It's kind of like this wanting to make an impression on her, wanting to get a start. I mean, he even says something, it's a start, I'll take it. Right. It's just he's, he's trying to look for an inroad to kind of impress her and get to know her. And then Mia, on the other hand, obviously pretty closed pretty yes, reserved reserved just wants to stay internal does not even want yeah. to go out from the apartment mm-hmm. or anything and is not willing to take a chance yeah um, so this leads to a lot of clashing yes she of course is very much burned from her previous relationship with casey she feels like okay at this point i think it's best just not to get in a relationship don't trust anyone like right protect myself really rebuild myself that that right. seems to be her focus at the beginning which you know doesn't lend itself well to a relationship so she gets him to agree that they will just be friends. Her and Tony, they'll just be friends. They can do things together, but they're friends. But one of the reasons they are definitely friends is because Rosie, Mia's mm-hmm. daughter, has met Isabella, uh, Bella, who is the niece of Tony. And Tony watches Bella a lot because his yeah. sister is traveling a lot. Travels a yeah. lot. Bellaria, I believe yeah. is her name. So that kind of draws them together just with the girls want to be together. They're right. of a common age, not exactly the same age. Yeah. Bella's a bit older. Yeah. But but it's one of those, there are no other younger kids in this entire right. apartment building. And, of course, they're drawn to each other, which draws Tony and Mia together mm-hmm. at various times. So maybe we talk about the chemistry during those various times yeah. they're drawn together. So one thing I have to say just off the, as Cindy would put it, the character sketches. Yes. Um, Mia by far is one of the most spicy Hallmark female leads I have ever mm. seen. She was very punchy with what she would say. Mm-hmm. Very protective of herself and I really appreciate that even from the start of the movie I believe it was I might have even been when they were still in the movie theater Mia's mom comments on how she taught her to value herself and not compromise herself for someone and then she of course quips that this is what leads her to be single right now (laughs) because she's not gonna put up with anything and she doesn't put up with Tony's you know initial charm because that is as he put it, what, what's been fun to him the past couple years is just charming women, right. you know. Because he comes off of a very harsh he breakup. He does too, yes. With his previous very serious relationship. Katie. With Katie. But now. AKA Catherine. Catherine. We'll get to Catherine after. Their chemistry to me was very pure. Even though it mm-hmm. did come from, obviously, that same trope of hate to love. I just felt like it was very pure in that they were drawn together by their similar interests. Like we Mm -hmm. said in the beginning, they both really loved the classics. Mm -hmm. And again, we see this thing of them paying attention and caring about each other. Like, he pays attention to what initially drew her to literature. This Turkish poet that she had read in college. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name. But he even ends up later in the movie buying her a collection of his poems saying, this is what got you started. Like, don't lose sight of what brings you passion. And she brings that out of him as well, of course. She talks about how you know, his passion is singing. And that wasn't the case immediately after the breakup with Katie. He really lost himself for a while. He couldn't even go back into, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But he, he got back in, in it, and yeah. she supports him 100% and right. considers him enough as he is, which ends up being tremendous to him. Right. And they share some really um, wonderful moments, you know, at the apartment building with the girls. Um they take them to an arcade. Yeah. Mia's a bit protective of her daughter, doesn't really want her to go with this Tony dude and yeah. his niece without her being there. So exactly. she, by being this kind of protective mother, a little bit, you know, hesitant of what's going to be happening here. She yeah. goes to the arcade, really enjoys herself, and challenges them to duck bowling. Yeah, we love our duck bowling. 
like we'd love our dog bowling. And he makes a big deal out of that one. She takes yes. it so well. She really does. She really she does. takes it as a really great sport. Yes. Um, and and so they have several occasions like that that the chemistry yeah. is starting to build a bit, right? Very much so. Yeah. yeah. And you can see where like she is kind of drawn in by his spontaneous and showman like personality. Mm-hmm. Um, and. It is kind of sad because I was thinking when you were mentioning how she was a little bit protective of her daughter, you really see why she's that way whenever her daughter's with um, Casey because he's making very questionable parenting decisions like letting her have so many scoops of ice cream in one sitting Mm -hmm. and I guess like she was even concerned that he was going to take her to a PG-13 movie even though she is clearly not Not the right age for that. Um, Like there are some very real concerns about what's happening behind her back with her Mm ex-husband so like it is sad that it kind of comes from that place but you're right it is what allows them to kind of draw together Mm -hmm. and that she wants to be there wherever her daughter is yeah and casey's trying to make obvious the case that he's he's reformed he has given up the drink exactly not an alcoholic anymore he's responsible he even stays at work one time and because he stays at work he can't pick up um his daughter rosie so it kind of puts uh, Mia in a in an awkward situation, yes. and she even comments that he calls her five minutes before he is yeah. supposed to pick her up, saying, "Oh, I, I'm just gonna have to work late." And as she points out, like obviously he knew before that point he was gonna yeah. have to work late. He yeah. should have called when he knew he couldn't make the commute anymore, because this is New York City. You have a commute. Um. Anyways, exactly. <laughs> so okay. this it's leads gonna go to the. Mia to, of course, need to find a last-minute babysitter yes. because she is trying to go to... Derek. Derek. So, so Nick is the best buddy, is our, yes. is our buddy Sal, is, is yes. the one who's just in everything. Nick's partner is Derek. Yes. Derek is an artist. Yes, he is. So, so she's she trying has, to go to this art yeah. show. That It's Derek's art show. It's very important. Right. She dresses to the nines, and we'll oh get to her outfits goodness. in, in yes. another... We will, we will touch on we'll that get to that later. But, but she wants to get to this, yes. and so she has... No other choice but to, because her daughter does say, oh, by the way, I was invited over yes, for movies to Bella's, so it wouldn't be so bad. So, you know, she she knocks on Tony's door and yes. just kind of, you know, can you just watch, can you just watch Rosie yeah. for the night? And and he has no problem doing he that. Does, Obviously, it, it helps with his knees to have right. a good friend there, and he's help, happy to help her out because he is very attracted to her, and you can tell that. Yeah. So she does get to go to the art show, and when she's at the art show... We have our quote for the podcast. So number one, Nick and Derek, so cute. Love how supportive they are for each other, and this really inspires Mia to recognize that in her growing relationship with Tony, because she's realizing, you know what, that is a huge part of a relationship, is that you support one another, you really see how, well, you can really feel how that probably wasn't the case when she was with Casey. Um, nothing really is explicitly stated, right, but... nothing stated, but... It's, you know it, it was not implicit. a good relationship, so... Yeah. Um, in the scene, um, they are looking at all the paintings that Derek has done, and he reveals that he's actually already sold one, which of course is big for art shows yes. because they are very pricey, yes. expensive, and obviously the artist put a lot of work into it. Exactly. But um, <laughs> Mia is saying that she's going to look around, and she you know, makes an offhand remark about how she might buy something, and Derek turns to her and says, Honey, you can't afford them. (laughs) (laughs) And there is the title. That's our little moment where you can see how Mia cares about her friends. She does try to support them whenever she can. And when she comes back, Mom, what have um, Tony and the girls put on? So now, of course, Tony being the showman that he is, he has both the girls um, ready to do a show. (laughs) A little bit of a song and dance. 
really cute, very fundamental. Cute. Yeah. Um, certainly, they don't look like they're polished, and it, it right. does just look like yes, they spent a night right trying to choreograph yeah. and fake sing and stuff like that. Of course, Tony is singing, but the mm-hmm. girls are just kind of doing that with their their hats and their canes and stuff like that. So it really is. Very cute scene, and they draw, obviously, Mia into it at the end to do the kick line yeah. with them. Very, again, nice interaction between her and Tony. Yeah. And they have additional ones. They go on a drink date kind yes. of thing together. She finally does start to kind of be like, okay, yeah. I might I might trust him. Right. And right. Um, this is definitely by the encouragement of Nick, her colleague, her best friend, because he's telling her how you can't fall in love if you're not even open to it. He's right. pointing that out to her. Right. Like, hey, you have lived this very secluded life, and it's what allowed you to heal. It's what allowed you to grow back to who you need to be. But now this is the time where you really need to let yourself open right. up to him because right. otherwise nothing gonna happen tony even shows her a place because he knows a guy he can get to the rooftop where there's all these fairy lights it's very beautiful yes and they take their cheesecake because the Mm -hmm. mothers have slid under each of their doors these i don't know if it's a free cheesecake sampling or something like that they run into each other again in the street corner let me just make an aside here we go here's the aside aside. to my fake New York City street corner. <laughs> so this corner that they live at, quote unquote, that their apartment building is, or whatever you want to say, is so fake. Uh, it's not. It's not green screen. Don't get me oh, wrong. Oh yeah, no. At least they put like buildings in. No, a, welcome to Mama Green Screen. No, in a semi street, but not even a real street. No New York City corner looks like this. Even when she was moving in, it didn't look. I mean, yeah, it was. It was. A fake. It was a fake. So I, I, I will say I was disappointed in that part. But they go back to that same corner all the time. That's where he meets his ex-girlfriend Katie yes. and her family. Yes, and that's we do where, return. Yeah, so we return there quite often. So I'll just take that aside that, yeah. No, that I appreciate one, it. That's, that's, our, that's our setting aside. We yes, can, we can yes, do this. Yes. But, um, yes, when they're eating the cheesecake up there, I think that's really when Mia is allowing herself to recognize that she's falling for him. She even... Takes a little bite of his cheesecake as well. Again, like just showing her, you know, playful nature. And that's Mm -hmm. really when they get kind of vulnerable with each other, where they were from their previous relationships, where they are now. Following this scene, we have a kind of awkward confrontation between Tony and Casey. So Tony is a sweetheart and brings over espresso and cannolis. For for breakfast. Yeah, for the the breakfast. It's an Italian Casey has decided he's going to pop. Do we even remember why he popped over? I don't even remember why. He brought Rosie. She That's brought right. Rosie back he, to me. Yes. I'm sorry. Sorry. Yeah. So she was he is night. back temporarily. And of course, Rosie needs help with a zipper or something. So mm-hmm. Mia has to step out, leaving a very awkward situation where it is just Casey and Tony. And Casey is kind of on to Tony. He saw from a previous night that they were kind of hanging out. And, you know, he actually interrupted them. Almost, almost kissing. Kissing when they came back from yes. that little drink night together. Yes. So he knows something's going on. So he makes, you know, some comments about how, you know, Mia's his wife. He's going to win her back. And he, like, him, Tony, is just a temporary right. thing. She's going to come back to him eventually. Right. right. Um, and we learn that this really strikes a chord because his previous relationship with Katie, the whole time she was saying that his dream of being a lounge singer was not enough. She felt he was limiting himself. She felt like, truthfully, I think she felt like she deserved better. Right. But um, and these messaging over time yeah. really get to him. Felt and he, he could never be a success. Yeah. So yeah. he is constantly comparing himself to Casey, saying, oh, well, I'm not, you know, as 
you know, polished as him, even though Casey, if we're being honest, is extremely obnoxious, and I don't yeah. see what Mia saw in him in the first place. We don't George get George Michael wannabe. Yeah, just not kind of you know not white it. beard thing. And yeah, it doesn't yes. doesn't work. Doesn't work. But why don't we take this brief pause while we're kind of getting into the thick of it to talk about the fashion, the makeup, the mm. hair? Oh yeah. So her hair. So Mia's hair never really changes. No, too very no. much. Um, it is very short anyways. It's but really very cute, cute. Very bouncy. Yes. Uh, makeup, to me, always looked on point. I Agreed. never saw it overdone. And it did change in coloration. The, I mean, yeah. it kind of went from the, the, the muted, the neutrals, to a little more bold, depending on her outfit. She, yes. she wore some... For her saying, I haven't been out, I haven't worn anything, you know, really dressed oh up for a long goodness. time. The red dress that she had. Yes. We'll post that one. silverish one yeah. or whatever that she wore to the art. Yes. Um, was it silver? Something like that. Something like just, that. The heels that she was oh wearing with, even when she did the duck bowling. Yeah. I mean, just absolutely adorable outfits. Yes. And she pulled them off really, She really, really did. Really and well. her professor outfits, even when she was in, right. like, more of the professional setting. Right. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Like, it was just... So I, quite feminine. Yes. I the way say. I wrote it is the style choices were above all in this movie. Yeah. I really loved it. Even um, our man, Nick, Nick, in this case, yes, had... A man sweater. Man sweater. And, oh my god. Had the suits going. Yes. Some of the tie uh, jacket combinations at the beginning, a little bit of a eye strain, but yeah, still, you know, it's on point as far as the fashion. Exactly. Yes, indeed. And um, the only comment we'll make. Don't know if it was just the TV we happened to be watching it on, but again, that same thing from right in front of me yeah. a couple of weeks ago. We noticed a little bit of yellowing. Yeah. Don't know if it was the lighting. On the face. If it was the, the makeup. Yeah. Not sure what caused it. Might have honestly even been the TV settings, according to my dad. Who knows? Um, <laughs> but we had it before, before we had this TV. Yeah, so, so, I, so. I'm, not, I'm not sure about that. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I just I feel like they're still nailing that down, I guess. Before we leave fashion, one thing yes. I feel like we need to comment on because Tessa was very insistent that this needed to be known was she felt like Tony's ears were big she just wanted it to be she said say that she did say that yes and and for the hairstyle he had obviously it did they did stick out a bit yes but yes. he always wore his fedora so I felt like he covered it well exactly. if he was insecure about it if he wasn't you know what he exactly. rocked it anyways don't care um <laughs> but those are our thoughts on that so returning to our plot. So again, some of these interactions with them. I, I want to go back to just just one moment because yeah, Tony early on had invited Mia and her friends to come to hear him That's sing. Right. He said he'd call it, and he has lots of requests. It was request night. Yes, and one of the things he first person he sees obviously is Mia. So he says, okay, well, give me your favorite. You know, I'll, I'll take these requests I already have, but right. you make a make a live request. Right. She says, just guess what my favorite song uh. is. And he actually does it. Yes. So, so we're, I'm just sinking back into what Sally had yes. stated, which is he seemed to have a way an to intuition. understand an intuition to understand what it is because it was someone to watch over me, by the way, for those of us who love the old classics, which Tony <laughs> sings all old classics in this movie, someone to watch over me. And one of the other um, things they do together is they go to his Uncle Harry's That's right. family birthday party. At what looks to be a um, retirement home? I or? think it's a retirement yeah. home. Yes, indeed. But Mia, again, fits in so well with it. Seamlessly. Um, 
Her daughter's not real happy. Yeah, at this point in time, she starts to see that yeah, there is something a spark. with Tony. And her daughter has made it quite clear throughout the movie to her mom about she how wants she wants them, them back together. Yeah. She wants her and Casey back together. She wants life the way it was. And I mean, it's hard not to empathize with that, with where Rosie's coming from, because obviously. You, especially where her age was, you would expect her to want her mom and dad together. But what is so heartbreaking is watching it tear Mia apart because, of course, she sees the whole picture. She sees, okay, I let Casey run away with my life for however many years they were together. It was not good from the start. Giving him everything she had. A lot of chances from what she said. Yes. To keep it, to say he he would change, he would get it together, he would stop drinking, he would stop losing all that money. And he wants, she wants to make her daughter happy. She wants to do what's Mm -hmm. best and, but she also wants to respect herself. So Mm -hmm. it is really sad, but this does lead to a very tender moment between Mia and Rosie. Yeah. In the bedroom, so basically one of the times I think that Casey brings her back or something, but she Mm -hmm. basically can't sleep. She goes into her mother's bedroom and says, can I just, you know, stay with you for a while? And she, at that point, even says, Mom, are you, you and Dad are never going to get together then again? You're not, you're not going to make it happen again. Right. And and Mia has to come clean and just basically say, no, honey, it's, it's not going to happen. It can't. I've given so many chances. Please believe me. I've tried. And I think, I think for anybody who's probably been in a divorce situation, that's a very realistic yeah. uh, conversation to have, a very difficult conversation yeah. to have. And I'm, I'm not sure, again, what Rosie's age is supposed to be. But yeah, she I don't think we get to pretty, know, but pretty well. she does. She, well, yeah. she's sad. We can see how sad she is at the news. But at this point, from this scene on, she does not bring up her and right. the dad getting back together. Right. But we do get to see our other couple come together. So Mia and and Tony, um, he asks her to meet him at the, their, quote, special spot, which yes. she knows is the rooftop. Right. So she goes up there, and that is when he gives her that Turkish poet's book. Right, right. And they start to sing together. And this is actually after a dream they that Tony do. had had, that, they, that she was at the bar that he works at, and yes. she was singing with him. Uh, it was in black and a black white. black and white dream yeah. sequence. Which, oh, oh my goodness, oh my gosh. Because it ties to the black and white yes. movies they've been watching. The Humphrey Bogart. Yeah. It's all the a theme. Barbara Stanwyck. The, all, all the, oh, it's just it's just so classic. So yes. they do this nice dream sequence in black and white. Classic songs, romance. Yes. Very cool. So they're, they're on the there. roof. And he gives Dancing her the to book. Fly Me to the Moon. He gives her the book that means so much to her and she's mm-hmm. kind of leaning into those feelings. Right. As mom said, they start to sing Fly Me to the Moon together. And um she breaks him off because she sings a line about getting kissed or something like yeah. that. And you can tell that's kind of like she was trying to be coy. She was trying to get him to kiss her. And when he doesn't, when he instead gives her a nice twirl, spins around she Reels singing him in. as he's singing. As he's singing, she reels goes him in, in. cuts him off with a kiss. She takes charge. She really I have does. it in all caps. You? She takes charge. Kiss meters up. High. One hour nineteen yeah. minutes in. One hour nineteen. Can you believe it? And a good smooch. It was. Seriously. Very smooch. high on the smooch rating. Not yeah. quite nine kins because it wasn't that like Not quite, yeah. passionate. Yeah, but but it, it was pretty close. It was good. It was good. <laughs> yep. Yep. But of course, now that we see the coming together, 
we have to see the falling apart. So everything's looking great for them. Tony's really, you know, in his performance mood off the high of being with Mia. And Mia is now talking in her class about how love is all about hope and trust and all these good things. Mm. But all good things must come to an end as um, Mia is accepting Casey to live with them for just a couple days while he his new apartment gets set up it sounds like yeah, something to that degree he just apartment. has to stay with them for a couple days she makes it clear to him he is sleeping on the couch at this point she has signed the divorce papers things are happening she is over and done she's agreed to co-parent but you know nothing else is going right. to come of this so Casey takes his moment sees Anthony coming into the apartment building yes. and says I told you I'd be back because he's got he a suitcase. Back. He has mm-hmm. two suitcases with him. And he's obviously making it look like he's moving back in. Exactly. Which is not the truth, but it's enough no. to make Tony think it's the truth. Yes, it is. And to put a damper on everything else, when Mia, Casey, and Rosie are leaving for a little outing, she sees Anthony coming. So she sends Casey and Rosie on forward to talk to him about their date night plans. Well, of course, he thinks that she has betrayed him, so he shuts everything down. Nope, I'm busy. No, I have something going on. Sorry, I can't even talk right now because I'm busy. And we see a taxi cab pull up, and this beautiful, tall brunette come out. They hug each other. He's saying how much I miss you. you. Yes, and it fooled me. I'll be honest, Hallmark, you got me. I'm like, great. He's dragging up one of his girlfriends from the past to make her jealous, to make her regret Mm -hmm. accepting Casey back. And, of course, she is so hurt. She feels like, okay, I meant nothing to you then. Like, clearly you are over me because she doesn't know what Casey said. So she's kind of in the dark about that. And he is in the dark that she thinks that this is a girlfriend instead of who she truly is, which is... His sister, Mm -hmm. Valeria, just coming back. And obviously very welcomed by yes. Tony because it's his sister. Yes. And of course he put a lot of emphasis on this betrayal because he did have a bad dream. And as he has told Mia, he's very superstitious. We knew this already. Right. But he put so a black and white dream. Yes. But in the black and white dream, as he's leaning down to kiss Mia, she's not in his arms. Instead, he looks around the corner and there she's in the Casey. arms of Casey. And Casey gives him the smug little, yeah. told you so, look. And that bad dream of betrayal leads to the instance that we've just gone through with yes. what Sally has so, described. And and this spirals Mia back into her very cynical view yeah. of love and very downplayed <laughs> lectures in her class. In yeah. literature to which she is saved literally by the fire alarm bell. By Nick, because yeah. he comes in he realizing that she is really making a fiasco yeah. of this class and coming down so hard on a topic that has nothing to do with her teaching. Right. She's just off the rail, yes. as it were. And so Nick takes charge, gets that fire alarm going, says, sister, we got to get out of here. Right. you got to clear your mind. Yes. Right. So he takes care of her as he always does. And she's able to get her head cleared a little bit. And she decides, you know what? I'm going to go out to the movies. But, of course, Anthony is having a parallel experience because they are very much tied together throughout this movie. We get to see it even in how they handle situations. So, similar to how she's made a fiasco in her class, 
He's making a fiasco at the lounge bar. He's going on and on about yes. it. You can't trust people. They're no. unreliable. Oh. Everything comes out of a broken heart. We should just all live in pain and misery. And people are even yelling at him. Come just on, say, just, just say. say. Like, yeah, maybe they had it. The bad parts of love. Yes, but exactly. he's like, damn it. <laughs> it's really funny. They both are just reacting so poorly to this. Yes, yes. But um, like we said, Mia is out to see her black and white movies. She's going to... Clear, clear her mind, get herself back where she's she needs to be. Vogue. Yeah, she's decided she's gonna move on from Anthony. Forget yep. him if he's not gonna, you know, be the man that I want him to be. And Anthony yes. is stopped by Isabella and Rosie. Anthony's trying to take a very positive approach. He's like, you know, Rosie, I'm glad so for you that back. your dad's back because I know this is what you wanted. And she's kind of confused, like, well, my dad's not back. No. Um, why are you saying this? And he's like, right. oh, well, I had thought that that was the case. Where's your mom? And she's like, um, the she's movies. at the movie theater watching yes. Black and White Marathon. And he is off, running, hailing a ta- taxi, ready to go. Bish, bam, bosh, and he's off. Um, and he meets her at the theater, of course, mirroring that first instance yes. of where they met. comes and sits behind her. And she, she figures out from him that he assumed... Casey was moving back in. She very much says that's not true. And he figures out from her Mm -hmm. that she thought he had this nice, tall, brunette, gorgeous Mm -hmm. woman coming back into his life who happens to be his sister, sister, Bella's mom. So they realized they had a classic classic misunderstanding. misunderstanding. Which I think, because originally when... When the betrayal was revealed the way it did, I was truthfully very annoyed. I'm like, you're going to take a great A-class movie and you're going to give it that stupid of a betrayal, to be honest. Like, it's one that's been overdone in Hallmark movies. But the fact that they then, like, are almost, like, breaking that third wall by recognizing, like, oh, that was a classic. Like, that actually made it, I don't know why, but it just reconciled everything in my mind. I'm like, you know what? I'm not mad about it anymore. Yeah. So, Sally Sabotage. A plus. But anyways, of course, we have to get to our resolution. Let Things for us. and spoil it all by saying something stupid like I love you. They make up in the theater. They do. And kiss a lot. Our, our smooch, smooch, smooch counter goes to four. Yeah. <laughs> we, it's at least four because they might come back in for a yeah. fifth. I'm not quite sure. Yeah, they, they Let's were. Let's just say... They had a good chemistry. They did. They did. A really and good chemistry. And in the theater, they happened to say to each other, My mom would have loved you. So we learn in a very plot twist moment. That and along, both of them say it to each other. Yes. My mom would have loved you too. All along, the moms actually were not living which explains a lot of the scenes because, of course, moms are the moms are just going at it, talk, talk, talk. Right. And I'm like, how are people not annoyed that they're talking in a movie theater? How are people not annoyed they're talking at the lounge? How are people right. not annoyed that they're sitting on a bench talking and sitting right. on a cat? And then you come to realize, no, they did all these things, like kind of like a guardian angel type yeah. theme. Like they were just looking after their children. And they betray it, I mean, or per- portray it well with them yeah. kind of coming. They were at the theater. Yes. With them at the end, as they kissed and realized that the classic misunderstanding, they walk out, yeah. and then as they're leaving the doors of the theater, it's not normal. It's, it's the, the lights of, light. yeah. yeah, the golden so, light. So, tear jerker for mothers, yeah. at least for me. And Hallmark, what do you wind up doing at the very end? Yeah. Meeting? Dedicated to our mothers in heaven. Yeah. 
So clearly someone someone must have really yeah. felt like they wanted to, yeah. you know, add that to the plot, that that was part of their, maybe their own story. So it was very beautiful to watch and it very was. touching idea. We see that Tony and Mia are now happy. Yep. Tony's still being a lounge singer, exactly what he wants to do. Presumably Mia's still a professor. We don't really see her in that capacity. No, we don't. But no. she does sing along with Tony now, so it is really right. sweet. They found their they partner in life. And something he couldn't sing alone. Yes. Yeah. So so they are all set to go, and that is the beautiful resolution of our movie. Just one kiss. Mm-hmm. So, of course, this leads us to our final segment, which is Colleen's Counts. So this is where we will talk about all of our important counts. That's our coat count, cough count, purse count. Woo. And then we have our woo-woo rating to tie it all woo. at the end. So why don't we get started? Mom took coat and coffee count, so I you can did. go ahead and get started. I had to have some help from, from Sally at times. <laughs> coffee count, very low, too. Yeah. New York City, what is that with two? Come What's on. Two? Really? My work's actually been really low on the coffee counts. I I'm know. a little offended, but I'll be okay. Well... Tony did have coffee at the end there, but that's when his sister came, and yeah. he didn't share it with Mia, so I don't count. So it's two. Two. Code count. I had ten. Wow. No, I, wow, I, wow. I may have missed that sure. there was some replay with it, but I'm pretty sure yeah. those were all individual different codes. At least she hadn't been traveling. It's not right. like she packed all those. She true, lived True. There. She lived there. But yeah. ten, ten codes for spring. Yeah. We think it was spring. There were, obviously it was no no, yeah, no winter was type no. of weather. Yeah. I mean there was no rain, there was no I don't mm-hmm. know. But ten. Ten. Oof. And our purse count actually was pretty high for our purse count. Say. We had five purses yeah, in okay, this movie. Okay. So that's she a pretty decent. Clutches. Yeah, she, she had a variety. She did. She did. I liked that. We still had some purses that made a reappearance, which, you know, Colleen would love because she's all about that realism. Exactly. But yeah, we did love that. Um, and so let's go ahead and round it out with our woo-woo oh. rating. So this is on a one to five scale. One being not a good Hallmark movie. Five being a great, fantastic Hallmark movie. Um, of course, this is a scale that is dedicated to our very own Nala Mama. You see her on the gram. You love her. We, she's we love her. popcorn, yeah. I think, right oh, now. she's so, busy, so yeah. sorry about it. But she woo-woos to show all of her emotions, feelings, thoughts, whatever of is in kind. her mind. <laughs> exactly. So that is how we will also express ourselves. I can go ahead and start. Okay. I will say I struggled. I struggled between a four and a half and a five. But we'll put it over the top for a five. I'm going five woo woo. Yeah. Yeah. Was the mothers being yeah. dead? That just, for me especially, that just topped everything. So once that happened, I'm like, okay, 4.5, you're at a five now. Yeah. Um, you kind of. You took me a place I had no, I really yes. had no idea no. That, that was the way it was. Yeah, like like when um, you look back at the movie, because it even makes their sense. age. You look at the yeah. age of, the, of, of Mia and Tony, yes. and you don't think their mom should be deceased. Yeah, you don't think so. You clearly, they're not like in their no, 50s or 60s no. where you're like, okay, yeah. yes, this makes sense. Right. It doesn't. So that's just kind of like, whoa. Yeah. I, I loved, well, I think Sally had said she'd read something before that Tony was supposed to have a great voice. I. Don't agree. Yes, he does okay, but to me, he's a lounge singer. That's exactly the quality that he has singing. I'm sorry. It doesn't impress me. But I loved all the songs he sang, so it's a classic. I love the classic jazz kind of classic stuff like that. Great plot as far as... And and plot and character development Mm -hmm. and relationship development um, with Tony and Mia. 
and how they each came up and how they developed and began to see things themselves about themselves and about their relationships. And then I think also both of Rosie and uh, Bella, I thought, did excellent. As yeah, far they as really the younger did. actresses and um, the moms, absolutely loved that. Yes. Of course, of course, Nick and Derek, you know, what more can you do? That, <sighs> that was just a, a great interaction. Yeah. Great friendship between Nick and Mia. Yes. Just from supporting each other and enabling each other and just holding each other to task a bit there. Kiss Meter was wonderful. <laughs> Loved having the little black and white dream sequences. Yeah, I know it's that was classic. kitschy and corny, but I really did love those. And I think, yeah, just, just the, the ending. Nice, wonderful Hallmark ending. Yeah. And that, that twist with the moms. That just really got me. I don't know. Sally, you're woo So I'm sticking. I feel like I've done five woos. Oh. <laughs> so many weeks in a row. Yeah, but true. it's still a five woos for me for this movie. I thought it was the perfect level of quirky. Like, mm-hmm. I know in the beginning, mm-hmm. like, especially we were at that point watching it with Tessa and Dad, and they were very hady hady on it. They were like, oh, this is so corny. But I really thought from the beginning, I'm like, you know, like, there's the, there is corny, but to me, there's also corny that's aware that it's corny. Right. And I don't know why, but that second category, I'm just like, oh, I love it. It's like almost satire, but not quite. And I'm a fan of satire. So I thought that that was literally the perfect level of quirky, corny. I loved, again, I feel like Hallmark's been bringing a lot of very real aspects to the table. Yeah. Showing that side of co-parenting, very new for Hallmark. Normally when you have co-parents, they're like, we still love each other. Of course, we're not married anymore, but we still love each other. It's yeah. a perfect world. And like, I'm that, that could definitely be some people's story, but I feel like, especially in this type of relationship, you would not see a co-parenting situation that goes perfectly. So I thought they brought that level brought that depth and of course all of the connections with all the characters just absolutely loved it casey you know what forget you don't like you but other than that everyone else really meshed together well and again like mom but he had, was the great nefarious yeah, you know a uh, hallmark character who yeah. was the one who you know you love to hate and hate to yeah. love and it's anyway it, you know, it fit it, yeah. he did and it, he did the, the actor did a great job oh, he, did. He, he did he truly did he really did I, he, he made me just like fantastic him. yeah right and it, but in a very nondescript yeah. way i mean certainly wasn't like a villain yeah uh but but just just played the Played the card well. That but he yeah, was I thought picked. the pacing of the movie was perfect. I thought chemistry was really good between the two of them. And I thought, again, just the perfect female lead that we don't see a lot where they are very brash and bold in what they say. Not going to just fall to anyone. She cared about what she really wanted. She put that respect for herself first. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, got to give it to Hallmark. This one was a goodie. And it had... Nick. You know. Yes. Uh, I feel like any, any, the, any the, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Any anytime they put so, him in a Hallmark movie. You know oh, what? We even we didn't even mention it, but real quick at the end here, we even had the classic Hallmark other man who was Kate Katie, uh, aka Catherine's new husband. Yes, that's right. He's, he's always the other man. He's always right. the other so, man. So yes, we did not mention the awkward um, renewal of uh, acquaintance between right. Katie, quote unquote, Catherine. Who, who ruined Tony's poor life uh, because he dedicated too much of it to her and she wasn't going to have it. 
And she marries, yes, the, the classic the other classic man. classic other guy. <laughs> and they have a child. Yeah. A son, yeah. So the classic other man, for, at least for Hallmark movies, is Peter Benson. Yes. And, yes, he's just been in so much. Hey, in this case, at least he got the woman and true. he had the that's son. True, and man, that, he, actually, he actually he, did he made the package. Exactly. He got the package. Normally, he's just the, the boyfriend that's bad in the beginning, <laughs> yeah. and then she moves on to something yeah. else. He winds up being more guy anyway. <laughs> so, we've now reached the point in our episode where we like to give our shout-outs. Shout-out to Jasmine love you you're wrapping up your school year good luck Woo! on all your final assignments final exams all that bish bam bosh shout out to Tessa you can see on the Instagram Tess took BC for a walk in her new stroller gifted by Gammy Gammy and Gampy <laughs> yes indeed we we bequeathed the little the almost two-year-old yes. oh, kitty with her own purple <laughs> stroller. Yes. Minnie's favorite color. <laughs> yes, she loves so the great outdoors. We yes. don't want her out in the great outdoors because she may not even come back. So yeah. wearing her stroller is the perfect yes. thing. You shall enjoy that. Shout out to our loyal supporters. Our husbands, yeah. And, and, well, let's, for Michael, we have to shout you out anyways. Even Michael. though he's not here, Michael. <laughs> and Nick and Mark. Yes, we Thank love you. Thank you very much you. for your love and support. Continuous shout outs to Colleen. Love that you're taking mm-hmm. the time for yourself. Miss you, girl. We Miss do. You. We really do, but we love you. Yes, we do. And shout out to our sponsor. sponsor. Anchor, thank you for believing in us. Um, and shout out to our previous podcast guests, maybe making an appearance. Um, Cindy Jess, and Jess. Once Jess graduates, we yes, can get true, her back. True. Yeah. Cindy, Jess, we you will. graduate first. You focus on that. Yes. You're Cindy, doing we great. will get you back. Yes, yes, we all love. Cindy's we know where commentary. you live. She always adds a new dimension to the podcast. Yes. Uh, Food, love family, her. and faith. She's yeah, got it. She's got it all. She's, she's got, got it all. Ones. And, of course, shout out to all of our listeners, both loyal and new. We really appreciate you coming back each week to support us, hear us out as we do the Hallmark Chitter Chatter. Um, But until next week, cheers!